Hey, folks. Welcome to Savory Avery, episode 15. It's January 27th, 2022, a Thursday, 5.37 p.m. Here we go. Another week. Still here. Still out here. Another regular day. Nothing crazy. Just another day of work. I just stopped by the dispensary on my way home. And all of these stores, this all of these weed stores have these free memberships where you get like a percentage off every purchase or you get a stamp card. But it's all like, like it's all digital, you know. And so they ask me for it and they say I'm not there. I'm not in the system. We try a couple things. doesn't work. They tell me to text this number number to opt back in because apparently I opted out because I was getting stupid texts for advertisements and I opted out of them, right? I, text, I texted stop or whatever you ought to do, no. And But they didn't tell you that it will remove you from being a member. Like they don't. If they told me, I would have been like, okay, that's fine. I'll just delete the message and go on with my day. But So then I'm trying to text this. She's like, text stop. I'm like, okay, so I text stop. Nothing happens. She's like, okay. Well, maybe it's like case sensitive. Maybe you got to make it all caps. So I do all caps, stop. She's like, oh, okay, well, that didn't work. And then we're kind of thinking. We try a couple other things. And then she goes, oh, wait a minute. You need to you need to say yes. Or sorry, it must have been start, not stop. Yeah. And then she said, you need to say yes. So then I tried yes. And then she said, well, it also might be case sensitive. So try it again, all caps, just in case. Nothing happens. It doesn't work. They're like, okay, sorry. We can't give you anything. You're not a member. Yada, yada, yada. Or I don't even know what happened. It's fucking stupid. So then I pay and then I get home and I look at my phone and I have four text messages from a random number saying, you've been charged 20 cents per message for a text to landline message or some shit like that because of the four texts that they told me to send. They even verified after I sent the texts, they fucking verified the number I was sending it to and they're like, yep, yep, yep. And then it charged me 80 cents for sending four fucking texts. I don't care. It's 80 cents, but like they don't know what they're doing now. And then the next time I got to go back there, I, I mean, I should call and tell them, Hey, you better not give that number to anyone else. Cause it's literally just charging them and it doesn't work. It's the wrong number or I don't know what's going on, but something's fucked up, but I'm not going to do that. It's not worth my time. Maybe the next time I go in there, I'll say something probably won't. They'll probably have figured it out by then. It's just disappointing. I'm sure that there's lots of people before me that happened to, wouldn't be surprised, and I thought the same thing as me. End up not doing it, not saying anything. Ah, oh, man. A couple days ago, someone knocked on my door, or no, they rang my doorbell. I think that that's probably the second time that someone rang the doorbell and it wasn't someone that I invited over, you know? It was one of my neighbors, not my direct neighbor, a couple doors down. Nice, like, nice looking man named Stan. Stan the man. Older fellow. 
maybe in his 50s or so, always walking his dog. I've seen him a million times, never talked to him, though. Pulls up, rings the doorbell. I'm very confused, and he has one of my house keys. I didn't know it initially. We had to test it, but I eventually realized that I recognized the carabiner, and also the key was bent, which is my girlfriend bent the key, or we sort of both did. She was opening the door and I scared her and then she like bent the key because she was still holding on to it when I scared her when she flinched. Still usable. It's hard to get in there though. Anyway, I was very thankful that he came by and I was also really confused because I had no idea that I was missing a key. I literally didn't even know because it was the spare and I don't even remember the last time I used it or where I had it last. So, and then I talked to my girlfriend about it and neither of us knew like... Neither of us have used it in forever. We had no idea like who dropped it and how long it's been there for. But he had told me that he found it the day prior, just in the middle of the day. It was a, I think it was a weekend, so it must have been on a Sunday. I guess we weren't home at the time, but he said it was right in front of the house, right on the sidewalk. And he just picked it up and took it home and then came back when we were home. He came like 10 minutes after I got home, so he must have like been looking out for me. And yeah, he was nice enough to drop it off. I never noticed that anyone was in our house, so I'm assuming he didn't take a look. I didn't ask him. I didn't want to be rude, like, you know, jokingly be like, hey, like you didn't take a look inside, did you? Because that's kind of passive-aggressive. Yeah, he was really nice and understanding, and I was super happy that he brought it back. I can't believe that happened. such a big mistake. i got to be more aware of where the spare keys are check up on them every once in a while luckily he picked them up though imagine if someone else did and they just tried the you know my place because that's the where it was closest to and bada boom bada bing could have got in easy peasy thank goodness getting robbed would suck if i was living downtown or even just like any closer to the inner city like, there would be a lot more suspect individuals around that would definitely do something like that. But luckily, there's no one really down where I live except people that live in the places. So, it's all good. Yeah, luckily, there was no snow, though. It was just laying right on the pavement. Because if there was slush or any type of snow, it would have made it a lot harder to find. Imagine if it got lost in there underneath the snow. I wouldn't have found it until the spring. I would have one day realized that we didn't have it. Probably would have freaked out. Thank goodness. Thank goodness there's barely any snow around. There's none on the roads or the pavement. There's still a little bit on the grass and whatnot, but it's nearly all it's nearly all gone. I could go for a bike ride anywhere. And even if I did find it after all that time, I probably would have rusted. No good. Thank goodness that Stan the man was walking by, walking his dog. What a guy. Speaking of dogs, uh there's finally enough sunlight now after work where I can go out for a short skate. I've been just doing laps around the block or around the neighborhood. It's really good. A lot of the path is like a extra wide bike path, real smooth. No cracks. It's lovely. Of course, at this time of year, January, there's tons of rocks everywhere because it's the winter time. You need some traction. But I've been encountering an issue. Uh, typically, I always have my AirPods in when I'm doing the skate. But my girlfriend 
was off early and we went out together so I didn't, I didn't listen to any music of course and I realized that I swear to God is like every second house that I that I rolled by I could hear dogs starting to bark because of the loud skateboarding sound they're just they're just noisy whether you're riding doing tricks unless you're on like the smoothest ground in the world and you have the like the softest wheels ever. I don't have soft wheels. Soft wheels help a lot. And I feel bad. I don't look like I, I don't look at the houses when I'm going by, but I hear the dogs barking and I just imagine all the homeowners just staring outside the front door, glaring at me, you know, all upset, disapproving. I hope that's not the case. I hope they're like, oh, there's this cool guy that skateboards around the block and does tricks, but probably not. They're probably like this hooligan, these meddling kids making these streets safe, making our neighborhood unsafe with their devilish tricks and sinister drugs. Feeling real blessed, though. It's been a mellow winter. We had a cold snap, barely any snow, though, and it's been really nice. Pavement everywhere. The skate parks are like nearly Southwood is like half dry. The bowl isn't clear and the bottom section isn't clear, but the rest is good to go, baby. Went there last weekend. It was so much fun. We went we went there like all day. It was like just warm enough. It was like probably like eight or ten degrees in the sun. Not a lot of wind. Perfect conditions. And the ice is like, you know, getting to that point where it's becoming like pretty easy to remove. So all we need is a warm day on a weekend and like 10 or 15 people. We could clear the rest of the park in like a couple of hours probably. That's exciting. Loving it. There is still some ice on some areas. On my walk to work, I have to walk through this neighborhood in Eagle Ridge, big houses, tons of ice there still. And there are rocks, but not enough. It like it sucks because like there's there's two there's enough rocks where you can't do like a nice long slide, but there's not enough rocks to where you could still slip and fall. So you have to like walk and be cautious, but you can't slide or else it just won't work, you'll fall forward. But it's still slippery when you're walking. And I'm gonna be honest. I mean I've been talking in recent episodes about how I never fall, about how I, I'm a pro slider, extra long slides. You know, when I was saying that, that was a very short Goldilocks period where it was iced over and the city hadn't come by and laid any preventative measures down like rocks or salt or snow plowing. So it was just perfect. But that was short-lived, unfortunately. And now I'm scared. Okay, so a week ago, I'm leaving work. I believe it's a Friday, you know. Feeling real empowered, excited, all of this opportunity, all of this, you know, we have the whole weekend ahead of us type vibe. And I decide to start running just because I have so much energy inside of me. I feel like I, I'm like I'm like a overflowing battery. So I, I start running and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go fucking full tilt. So I just start sprinting as fast as I can. Okay. And. My feet are in so much pain because I'm wearing Doc Martens. Do not run in Doc Martens. Do not sprint in Doc Martens. Oh my God. 
for one, it hurts your feet. There's no good way to run. There's no flexibility. They're just like slapping the ground super hard. It's super noisy. And there's this guy, I'm running down this narrow path. And there's this guy and he sees me, looks back. Once I'm like 50 feet up, like once I'm like 50 feet away, he looks over at me. And I just, I give him, you know, the nice guy nod. He gives me the nice guy nod back and I keep sprinting. I'm running down this hill. It's like pretty steep, a lot of gravel. Everything's good. I make it to the bottom of this steep hill and I get onto the road. And there's no ice or snow on the hill. But then on the road, it was complete ice and slush because it was warm. And I get down to the bottom and I'm, I'm going way too fast or I, I can't brake fully. And I fucking eat shit. And I slide and slush. Luckily, I didn't, like, crush my backpack. I just landed on, like, my pants and my hands. And I, I was all good. I wasn't hurt. It was fine. It was a pretty graceful fall because I was going really fast. And then I had so much adrenaline, I just, like, hopped back up immediately and kept running. Also because I didn't want to, like, look back at that guy that I just gave the cool guy nod to. I just, like, fucking ate shit in front of him. He's probably laughing. I just kept running. Felt like a fool. And then today... I slipped again. And I think I slipped a third time, but I can't remember. I can't recall, but I know this is the second time for sure. <sighs> it was a bit more devastating fall than the one than the first one that I just recounted. Unfortunately. It was in the morning on a Thursday. Typically vibes pretty low on a Thursday for me at least. Not feeling great, but feeling okay. Walking down this icy road along Eagle Eagle Ridge. Like every other day. I'm being careful. It's really icy and I'm wearing Doc Martens, which are the most slippery soles ever. And, you know, those beautiful houses. I, I love to look at the houses. It's nice just to dream and to look, to scheme, and to believe for like a little bit that, you know, you're walking over to the house and you're going to go into the front door and you're going to walk in. And you're going to put your bag down. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, this is a really cool house and I have a hood on so I don't have like full peripheral vision. So I go to look over and just the tiny movement in my shoulders so that I could turn my neck so that I could see properly like fucked up my footing somehow and I ate shit. Like I was just walking slowly normally and I just start to turn my shoulders slightly and I just like fall, like my feet go up and I land on my backpack and it's kind of gnarly. Usually there's like at least one or two other people that are like on the road, like that are distant, but luckily there was no one around at the time. And I just ate shit and it hurt and I got up and I was like, God damn it. Like I can't believe like I had, I lost a lot of confidence in myself today. I did last week, but even more today, because now it happened twice, at least twice. I got distracted. Top 10 list. This is, <coughs> excuse me, this, this podcast is about a top 10 list. The I think I made a, I made a few lists. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I don't know. I might do them all. I might, I might, I might only do one. The first one I'm going to do is top 10 hardest flat ground tricks. Okay, this isn't like the other lists I've made. I actually put some time into this one and some some consideration. I had to make some rules in order to be able to come up with like a good list or what I thought was a good list. Okay, so stipulations are 
No 540 spins of the board or the body, okay? And nothing higher than that, or else it just gets too complicated. And, and like, you know, I, I want to do tricks that people actually do, like something that you could roll on, like, skate dice. Okay, so no 540 stuff or higher. No tricks where your feet touch the ground. Okay, no foot plants, no bonelesses, no no complies, nothing of that nature. No pressure flips, no dolphin flips, no Casper flips, no feather flips, okay? Just regular basics, the fundamentals, okay? Shit's so crazy now. People are doing things to the board that you know, should be outlawed. It's disgusting. No, it's really cool. It's just mind-blowing. This is, of course, a subjective list as this is skateboarding people okay there are some people where their best tricks are my worst tricks and my worst tricks are their best tricks and my best tricks are their worst tricks there's really no objective way to do it nonetheless i think that this is pretty darn close so here we go 10 hardest flat ground tricks for me number 10 fakie heel flip that might be a surprising one. I don't know what it is, man. Fakie heel flips. They're just so awkward. And I've pulled off a couple before, you know, in games of skate because I, there, I would never try one unless I was forced to. And I can pull one off, but it's like a Jeff DeCesare fakie heel flip, if you know what I mean. If you don't, then I can't help you. I find regular heel flips and switch heel flips... Uh, the easiest. Nollie heel flips are difficult for me, but fakie heel flips, come on. Ridiculous. Fakie kick flips, I'm, I'm good with. Fakie heel flips, something about them. Don't know what. Half cab heel, easy. Frontside half cab heel, fakie inward heel even, like I would say are easier. Honestly, like yeah, any variation. Ugh. There's a lot of heel flips in this list because I, I'm not very good at heel flips. I never do a straight up heel flip, but I'll do varial heel flips and like laser flips and I'll do a lot of nollie heel flip tricks. Number nine, switch varial flip. It was a real toss up between regular varial flip and switch varial flip, but I chose switch. I used to do varial flips. I think everyone used to do them at some point. But one way or another, it gets curbed. If you want to be cool, man, don't be doing varial flips. Everyone learns them when they're not developed yet. And they don't look cool when you're like not popping anything high or you, you don't have like a, a flex to it. But if you got power in those legs, like you can make a varial flip look super sick. I am way too accustomed to doing tray flips and kick flips. Varial flips are just, they just feel so wrong. So that was number nine, switch varial flip. Number eight, switch frontside big spin heel flip or switch big heel. Some would say, I think most would say, regular is a lot harder than switch. I've never done either of them before, but I'm way closer to a regular, to a regular frontside big heel. Switch big heel, there's no way. I, I can do laser flips. So I think if I really just like committed myself 
to learning a front big uh, front side big heel, I could get her done. But switch, I don't have the power in my legs. I don't have the muscle memory. It's just not there. Uh, I see a lot of people do that trick though. You know, it's quite common. I can't even do a switch front side big spin. I can pull off a regular front side big spin. Rarely switch. No way. I've never. I've literally never done it like properly. You know, I don't even like humor myself. Like I, I don't. I don't do the bullshit shove it pivot. Like I don't even. Like what's the point? Okay, number seven, fakey laser flip. Again, I, I don't know why, but I think nollie switch and regular laser flips are easier. Fakey laser flip. I've never even been close. I've never even tried one. I've only ever done regular and nollie laser flips. Haven't even tried switch. But fakey just seems so awkward. And I think that uh, fakey front side big heel is way easier. But something about a fakey laser flip. Number six, switch three shove. Three shoves to begin with are just ridiculous. Um, I also think that someone out there, some entity out there, needs to like make a distinction. Needs to make like a clear distinction between an impossible and a three shove. Because so many people interpret them differently. It's a very gray area. They're basically the same trick. Just like a nose grind and an just like a nose grind and an overcrook on a rail. It's like different people say different things. Yeah, so switch three shove. I can do regular three shoves. I can do a switch three shove, but I can't pop it. I can't I, it would just be like one that like slides on the ground. Like a BS one. But that's difficult. I think that fa like fakey three shove is like one of the first tricks. Like I learned that like way back then. That's and same as Nolly. That's easy. Regular three shoves took me a while to figure out. I never do them. I I just I prefer to do impossibles. But a switch three shove that would be cool. You don't see people do that very often. That's a weird one. Everyone does switch trays. Okay, number five, Nolly impossible. I don't even know if that's possible. I can do regular impossibles and fakie impossibles. I've done like one switch impossible like once, like a long time ago. I can't do them. But nollie? How does it even work? Is a nollie impossible even called a nollie impossible? Or like maybe maybe that trick doesn't even exist. Like maybe people call that something else. Like a nollie dolphin flip or something. Just thinking about it makes my brain hurt. I don't understand how I could get my body to pull one of those off. The regular switch and fakie, simple. Yeah, nollie impossible. That would be a cool one. I should try that. Okay, number four, front side 360 heel flip. No, not a laser flip. Your body also spins front side 360. You see people do that. I see a lot of like little kids do that. I don't know why little people. Uh, very uncommon. I can't even do front side 360s, so... Heel flips out of the question. I could maybe do a frontside 360 kickflip because I frontside flip in a weird way that I could maybe pull that off, but frontside 360 heel flip sounds literally insane. I mean, I guess it's just like a laser flip, but I spin with it. Maybe I should try it sometime, but I think that's really uncommon and looks insane. 
you see a lot of people do the opposite, like a backside 360 kickflip. But frontside 360 heel flip, come on. Doing that fakie would be chill. I see people do that nollie all the time. Oh, and switch would be so mellow. But just regular? Come on. It's so weird. All these different tricks, like for some reason, some of them regular tends to be harder or nollie does or whatever. It's weird. But yeah, frontside 360 heel flip, I think, is a tough one. Number three, switch backside 360 heel flip. All right, folks. <sighs> Honestly, switch backside 180s are difficult. Okay, switch backside 360s? Literally like one of the hardest tricks. And then you add a heel flip? Come on. A lot of people do switch back heels. I've been seeing lately. I I know for people that I know a few people that have some beautiful switch back heels. But I've never seen anyone do a switch back 360. I mean, I could do like a no comply switch back 360, but that's easy. I don't know if I've ever seen anyone do that. That would be insane. Number two, switch and regular backside big spin heel flip. The last time I saw someone do a backside big spin heel flip was in a fly tech video. It was like on a big stair set. It was beautiful. Super uncommon. I, I have some friends that like to do fakey big spin heel flips. Fakey backside big spin heel flip. Or fakey and wardo. Or whatever you want to call it. I don't even know if I've ever seen anyone do it switch before. That is just insane. I've tried like switch big flip. Like that's one that people do. That's pretty cool. Big spin heel flip is just insane. Okay, number one. Switch 360 inward heel flip. I think that's obvious. You see some people do 360 inward heel flip, and that is a trip. Um, I've tried it nolly. Haven't been successful, but nolly is definitely doable. Fakie is definitely doable because I have some friends that could do fakie and wados. They could maybe pull off. It would be a long shot, but who knows? But switch, I think, is the most difficult for, for 360 inward heel flip. That's probably the most difficult trick to do just because you're starting switch and riding switch. And it's such an awkward motion and there's so much going on. And you could roll that in skate dice. It's fucking crazy. So there you go. I'll run it one more time. Number 10, fakey heel flip. Number 9, switch varial heel flip. Number 8, switch frontside big spin heel flip. Number 7, fakey laser flip. Number 6, switch three shove. Number 5, nollie impossible. Number 4, frontside 360 heel flip. Number 3, switch backside 360 heel flip. Number 2, switch and regular backside big spin heel flip. Number 1, switch 360 inward heel flip. There you go, folks. That's it. That's literally the list. It's insane. I'm sure that if 10 other people made a list, they would all be completely different. And for good reason, because there is no objective list. Uh, but I think, that there, I think that there's a lot of tricks in here that some people would put on their list. Maybe not in the same order, but these are definitely one of the more difficult tricks. But like I said, like I have a certain bag of tricks. 
and other people don't know those tricks so they might put those on their list and I can do them and it doesn't mean that I'm better than them it, it's super difficult to define especially to compare people in terms of like their skateboarding it's all in the eye of the beholder or whatever yeah it was really fun making this list I spend a lot of my time just thinking about skateboarding, just things that I could try or things that maybe someone could do, thinking about spots, different types of videos to make, different types of music that would be good for skateboarding, different types of new spots. You know, there's so many different things to think about. It can take up a lot of your thoughts. It used to take up almost all my thoughts, it felt like, back in the day. Now I think of it way, way, way less. And that's why it was fun to make this list. It kind of kind of jarred my memory about how it's, you know, part of progressing is mentally just thinking things through and trying to visualize stuff. I feel like if I could break a barrier in my mind, then I would be able to progress a lot faster with still like, you know, hopefully not getting injured, but and I think a lot of that can come from just visualizing it and thinking about it. You go out for a skate session, you know, you go for a couple hours. That's really not that long. You're only doing so many tricks, you know. If you take some time to think about what you want to do when you're there and what you want to really progress in and, you know, to to really be mindful about what you're doing at the park, you can have a huge effect on your progression and about where you're going as a skateboarder. I've been noticing recently the skateboarding scene, you know, has been changing a lot. There's a lot of successful skateboarders that aren't doing the gnarliest thing. For the longest time, it was like you got to, you know, invent a new trick or or do something that's just so much gnarlier to the next level in order to become like a pro or to become recognized in some way. But now, it's a matter, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily take all that much skill depending on what type of audience you're trying to appeal to. There's a lot of people that just do silly, not silly, but just weird creative things that no one's done before where other people could probably do it, but that's not the point. The point is that no one has thought of it. And I think that's really exciting, you know, and there's still going to be, there's still always going to be those people that are pushing things to the the gnarlier types of limits. But I think that uh, now there's also like an interest in the skate community for um, different types of skateboarding, like just different types of people skateboarding and different ways to do it, which is really cool because the more the, the more content that gets put out there of people doing cool creative things and not just trying to, you know, like skate a bigger set and like do the trick on like a bigger rail, it, the, the more that people are exposed to that, the more it's going to inspire people to get more creative and, you know, it'll just, it'll keep getting more and more popular. And I think that, that's really exciting because you know, skateboarding's still really new and like who knows where it's going to go, what's going to happen. It's funny. I've kind of been thinking about the different types of people at the skate park. You know, just observing other people there. And I've noticed, you know, there are certain people that will just get stuck on something. They just get stuck. Or maybe it's not that they're getting stuck. Maybe it's that they're just devoted and they're focused and uh, that's what they want to do. You can tell, depending on, like, the temper of the person, 
if someone is getting pissed off and they keep trying the same thing and they just keep getting more and more mad every time, it's like, dude, do you not understand? Like, you will benefit more if you just take a break and you cool off or you try something different. And, but there are other people that will try stuff for a long time, but they'll keep their cool and it's what they want to do and that's what they're focused on and they tend to learn tricks faster that way and they tend to have the best sessions when they do that. Because, you know, it's like high risk, high reward. If you only try one trick the entire time that's like super difficult to you, you might spend two hours and not even land it, which is okay because all that time that you spend is good practice and you need to put in that time in order to get there. But it can be uh, really disappointing leaving the park without getting something or landing anything. But if you do land it, it can be like the greatest feeling ever, right? So, and the more time you spend on a, on a gnarly line, right? the better the line will be for your Instagram posts. So, but you know, I, I used to be that type of person, but now I won't even try a trick more than like 20 times. Like even if it's really important to me, if I have someone filming me, because after like 20 tries, I just get like, I, it just wears me down and I, I'm, and I have a bad session. It ruins my mood. It took me a, a long time to notice that. And, uh, it, and then after I notice that it's better for me to be, you know, trying different stuff constantly, I, I tend to land more tricks successfully and tend to just have an overall better session if I'm constantly trying new things and switching it up and not getting focused on one obstacle or one type of trick. And, you know, and it also took me a long time to re after that to realize that not everyone is like that, though. And there are some people that really um, are at their best when they uh, skate that way and that's really cool you know whatever it's just funny to watch someone try something for two hours and they don't land it it's like I feel so bad for them personally I feel like the whole skate park lost because like everyone's kind of watching and when someone lands something like usually people are really hyped up so <laughs> okay I'm gonna share one more quick top 10 list that I made my favorite flat ground tricks so these are ones that I can do, obviously. My favorite tricks aren't ones that I've never done before. That wouldn't make any sense. They aren't all my go-tos, but they're just tricks that either feel good to me or I think that they look really good or I, for some reason, I am good at them. So my favorite flat ground tricks. Number 10, frontside flips. I didn't start doing frontside flips until a couple of years ago. I've been doing hard flips forever. I learned them like at, fairly at the beginning of when I started skating and they became like a staple. And then one day I learned frontside flips and it came super naturally and I do them just like hard flips. They kind of go through the legs. It's like a Muska frontside flip. And now I do frontside flips more than I do hard flips. I barely ever do hard flips now. I just do ghetto birds or frontside flips. Yeah, so it's kind of a newer trick to me, sort of. And um, for some reason, I can pop them really high and land them really consistently. Um, and they feel really good. Um, it's funny, though, because I'm so shit at backside flips. Like, I've never been good at them. If I land them, it's a fluke. Sometimes I can make them look okay. Um, but I would never try them on anything, ever. Number nine, Ghetto Bird. Um, yeah. Ghetto Bird's a go-to. I've been doing that one for a while. At first, I was just learning it on the hip, and then you learn it out of the bank, and then you do it on the step up, and then you try it off of a stair set, and then you're good to go, and you do it into a grind. 
I don't know. Could you imagine ghetto bird backside 50-50? You'd be like grinding switch frontside because you're doing a back 180 onto it. Oh my god, that would be crazy. Okay, yeah, so ghetto bird, that's a great one. Um, I've been trying to learn double flip ghetto bird. I've only been able to do it on the hip. I've done it a few times on the hip. I've posted one on my Instagram. Um, I've been trying them out of the bank, but I can't get them. I've also been trying hard flip double flip, but for some reason ghetto bird double flip comes easier to me. Number eight, laser flips. I'm still pretty bad at laser flips, but they're so fun. It's always kind of been a trick that I built up in my head. Like it's impossible. Like no one ever does them. And when you see one, it's like the craziest thing ever. And they're just so cool. But now that I'm able to do them, I don't know. It's crazy. But at first I could only ever do them out of the bank. That's when I first did them. And I've been doing them for maybe like a year. And uh, I don't have them down yet. But. I got them pretty good. I can do them out of the bank sometimes. I've done them on the hip a bunch. I've done it up the step up at Swood once. Um, and I've done a couple of them on flat. So getting them on flat I think is the most important part. I've been practicing that. I can do them every once in a while. They feel really good. Nolly tray flips. Nolly tray flips are lovely. A uh, switch tray flip feels better, but I can barely ever never do them. Nolly tray flips I can actually do. Sometimes I can pop them. Most of the time I don't. Mostly just do them on flat. They just feel so good. To, yeah, mine aren't very powerful. It kind of feels good to do a sloppy nollie tray. It kind of all just works out and you kind of pivot the end sometimes. It's nice. Number six, nollie backside big spin heel flip. Nollie big heel. Love that one. It was in between that and a nolly laser flip, but I'm a lot better at nolly big heels. And uh, I also like to do nolly backside heel flip, but nolly big spin heel feels a little bit better. Number five, backside big spin kick flip, a big flip, classic. Haven't been able to, like I, that's a pretty new learn, um, but they feel so damn good. Um, I do them so much different from a tray flip though. It's so weird. People that are like, it's a tray flip and you just turn. It's not at all like that for me. Not at all. I have to flip it way more. I have to flick way harder. Pretend that I'm doing like a double flip and I'll catch it in the air. Because with a tray flip, you kind of let it spin in the air longer. But with a big flip, I'll catch it on the way up. So you kind of got to, yeah. Anyway, big flips, they just look so badass. Whenever you do a good big flip, people get stoked. To someone that doesn't skate, it might not look like much more impressive than a tray flip, but it is so much harder. Number four, nollie backside 180 kick flip. Nollie backside flip. They are awesome. I've always struggled with them. I still do. I always miss the flick. I haven't got them consistent, but I can do them. And sometimes I can do like really good ones. Um, just out of the bank or on flat or on a hip. But when you pull off a good one, oh man, there's nothing better. Nolly backside flips are a treat. And they look sexy. Number three, impossibles. That's also a very uh, relatively new one for me. Um, I've probably been doing them for like a year also. I've been learning a lot of new flat tricks recently. I've been changing up my bag. 
it's been really fun, refreshing. Um, yeah, I, I, sometimes I can do impossibles that are really high up. I'm thinking about trying to grind them on a ledge. I have this technique where uh, I learned this trick. This is like a prerequisite if you want to do beast impossibles. Uh, you do like a no comply 180, but you don't touch your foot on the ground. So like you go to put your foot on the ground and then just before it's about to touch, you lift up with all your power and then you do a no comply 180 and then you put your foot back on and it looks like a no comply 180, but then you like shake your head and you're like, wait, your foot never touched the ground. If you can do that, it's like the same, it's like the same technique where for the impossible, you just, you just like step your front foot off and right before it's about to touch the ground, you put all your weight in your core and in your back foot and you scoop it and you just have so much power and you can really bring it up high. This feels so good. Isaiah Isaiah has a really good impossible, Isaiah Crawford. He can he can like do I filmed him do an impossible lip slide on the six rail. But he's been doing impossibles forever and he has his own style to it. His look really good. Anyway, number two, fakey hard flip. I yeah, I don't know. I I I can do all the hard flip. I can do nolly regular switch fakey hard flip, but something about fakey just feels so good. And you know, like fakey ghetto birds are cool, but something about a fakey hard flip. It's just so classic. Um, I'm a big fan of doing fakey frontside flips. There was a debate between this and that. But I chose fakey hard flips just because I'm not quite as consistent at fakey hard flips. But when I can do them, they just feel so good. Gotta love it. People don't do that trick very often. Like A fakey ghetto bird I feel like is almost easier. Especially if you're doing it off of something, like popping fakey off of something and landing switch, so terrifying. Okay, number one, nollie inward heel. I've been doing this one for a few years. I've slowly been mastering it. I've done a couple that were like perfect in my opinion. Couldn't be happier with them. Like I'm, I'm okay if I don't do another one. So I'm at the point where I'm trying to get technical with them. I've been trying nollie and routine reverts, stuff like that. But yeah, something about a nollie and routine, everyone, like it doesn't even matter. Like anyone who does one, like they always look good. Even if like someone does them sloppy, like they look good. They're just so badass. And I can't do regular fakey or switch in routine. I mean, I've like landed all of those maybe a couple times before, but I can only really do nollie and routine. Such a classic. And that's the end. That is the end. Of course, my list will always change because my bag of tricks is changing. I learn new ones, get better at different ones, stop doing certain ones. But that's my list right now. And that's all I got. So uh, peace out. Everyone follow me on Instagram at skatebug, S-K-8-B-U-G. Check out my YouTube, Avery Nozin. Check out my Depop, Tacky Turtle, or on Vinted, Tacky Turtle, or Instagram. 
Techie.turtle. Have a good week, y'all. Peace out.